0: Hey Wildcats, it's Tyler from the editing room. Just wanted to let you know that I'm still having internet troubles in this episode, so I'm not in it as much, but it's still a great episode with our guest Luke Allen, so please enjoy.
1: What up, East High?
0: Howdy, folks, we're back.
1: Talking about High School Musical One Minute at a Time. Who are we? I am Condra.
0: And I'm Tyler.
1: And Tyler, our guest is back. Luke is back again. We didn't scare him off.
2: You've been holding me hostage since Tuesday. It's, yeah.
1: (laughs) You're not supposed to tell people,
2: Luke. I've just been in here forced to repeat that I've got, listen, well, I'm ready to tell thing. Um, Sorry, that was going to be really funny. Then I forgot what my actual line was. (laughs) Never mind. We we brought you all the way across the pond.
0: Mm. Despite various health hazards, uh, that would go along with that and we figured you know we should probably keep you here for long enough to be worth it to not just send you right back
2: and it's just been you know constantly going over stick to the status quo you know i i didn't know the dance that well on the night of the show but i could i can do it right now in these three days two days How, what, what day is it
1: Thursday. <laughs> <First> <laughs> Thursday.
2: but yeah it's uh this it's, it's, it's a good minute today so it's it's worth being kidnapped for
1: well, good. Hey Chandra,
2: Um So th- there's there's
0: two there's two questions that I want to ask you, and they both have the same answer. One is uh, what is the answer to life, the universe, and everything, and the other is uh, what minute are we covering this week?
1: We're talking about minute forty-two. Thank you for that setup, Tyler. Um, so it starts out with skater one, skater dude number one, saying it's like a giant violin answering the question a saw. And um, ends with a pan up from a cheerleader jumping on the lower level of the cafeteria, up through a banner of the Wildcats, up to Sharpay overlooking her domain as a lion on Pride Rock. <laughs> Bringing it back!
2: I was wondering if I could open this episode with the two comments from people of my, who were in my school's production of High School Musical as to what they thought of this, of our performance please Um, yeah of course so i won't say their names because i'd never asked them whether i could say their names but one of them said the choreography was really fun and the way we all sat up this is specifically about the status quo the way we all sat apart showed how much we stayed in our cliques but the choreography was amazing so like yeah we did just have different like school diner desks like tables on the stage and I think some of us sat on the floor some of us sat at the tables it was I, I remember it being pretty fun and then someone else said i loved every bit of it and it's quite different to the original but i love that because it was different and unique best experience ever the person who said that i'm pretty sure was the person who never mind i thought i remembered what part she played yes i do she was gabrielle gabriella there we go i got it mixed up with the person who played Sharpe for a minute she played gabriella and uh yeah You're- Here's my so, question.
0: You you mentioned earlier that you, you did an American accent for this show. Did everyone
2: do American accents? Yes. And as far as I can recall, from a British perspective, they were good. But who knows from the American perspective. But
0: I do love, for example, Benedict Cumberbatch doing an American accent. Ooh, that's great. Ooh, Is we it? love it.
2: <laughs>
0: Some Tony Stark.
2: I have heard from an actress friend of mine who did a lot of studying in New York that it's actually easier for a british person to do an american accent than vice versa.
1: Apparently. I could believe that.
2: I, I I know people who are in two minds about it, but like Hugh Laurie, I think did a pretty good job, didn't he? Which I one was he? Don't know. <laughs> okay, with with House and Stuart Little, and I can't remember what else he did. Uh, but apparently he oh, convinced I know you talking the, about, but uh, the casting director of House that he was american because he didn't want any british actors and until they were on set filming, he had no idea Hugh Laurie was British.
0: Those British people are I'll... always stealing Which our American jobs. a little bit he's jobs. pretty much
2: a comedy icon here in the UK. That it's weird that they didn't do any research around it to see that he was literally in Blackadder and his own show. Like, a bit of Brian <laughs> Laurie, it was called. Like, surely in your research around someone you're casting, you'd find out that they're the lead in a British <laughs> sketch comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Spider-Man uh... is British right now.
1: So... The skaters start out. Sorry, we're switch switch to talk about the minute because we've got the decom of the week to talk about too. This oh, minute, course, yeah. So he is. Um, I love how proud the skater dude number one is about how he wears a, a, co- a coat and tie, a suit and tie, to perform. Like he has a costume and he's very proud of it. I love his little hand gesture of like tightening his tie. It's
0: very mm. it's very precious. Yeah. It's very I mean, it's very that kind of like, you know, stoner Bill and Ted type acting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also
0: just thought of um Seth Green's character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm. is kinda like this. Where you just kinda do like the you kinda do like the laugh chuckle nod. You go like a
2: <laughs> I think um, your Bill and Ted comment works quite well because that is the the very much it, it it's the stoner without being a a stoner movie per se, or without focusing on yeah on drugs or anything like that. It's that it's that character I'd go as far to say maybe like Roderick in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I haven't mm, seen that in a while. Yeah, but I think he's that simple.
1: It's <laughs> a great poll.
0: Um, who's who's this? Who's the skater guy in Clueless? He's he's a pretty good one too. Oh
1: yeah, he's good. I was thinking, um, but he
0: does do drugs.
1: Yeah. Um. What about even like Silent Bob? Jay
0: and Silent Bob. I, yeah. Yeah, they're all kind of modeled after the same.
1: Hmm. They dress like that type at least.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else, but the, the other teen movies I can think of are ones where they acknowledge the drugs. So obviously yeah. you've got ben, Bender in The Breakfast Club, but he's very much yeah. clearly a drug user, as you see in the film.
1: Yeah.
0: I like that the guy in the orange shirt, the best actor ever, um, goes, do you have to wear a costume? As if that's a, a thing people say, because, I mean, the, the, the what, what he should say is, do you have to dress up? Which is, what, which is what he means, like, do you have to dress up nice? In our school because version, kind
2: of... it was, do you have to wear a suit?
0: Yeah, like, that That makes sense, because they're all, like, skaters, and they all wear, like, their t-shirts, and, like, baggy sweatshirts.
2: And jeans. And
0: wearing a suit is the opposite of that.
2: But also, is that really the first question you ask? <laughs> yeah, th- also a good point. I don't know what the first question would be, but I don't think he'd focus on what you have to wear. I think you, you might think, you might think, what can you play, you know? Or what is a cello? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that... Well, it's clearly not a saw. Mm. It's odd. And when he says coat and tie, once again, in our production, it was jacket and tie, which could just be a slightly British version, but it's an American... Th- I don't know. Which- <laughs> Those are basically synonyms, but...
1: Yeah.
0: There's distinctions that I- I'm not classy enough to know. Mm. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. I have no
0: idea. Um, and then they break out into the chorus again. Yeah. What's fun is if you watch the orange shirt guy, he kind of bangs his fist on the, the stool and he's like banging his fist in sync with the song
2: i know in our school version we had this i don't know if it's in the film where those who are the um the the rebels per se sang no 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 don't stick don't stick to the stuff you know or just follow your dreams and go 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 something like that got to live got to go so, no there was a slightly different this- one that we sang over it and i yeah i didn't think it was in the film
1: Yeah, no. It's just a repetition of the chorus, um, so that stick to the stuff you know. If you want to be hmm. cool, follow one simple rule. It just repeats that a few more times. So what I
2: remember is we sang, we sang over the other people with it, and I'm not sure how well that worked. And then there's the we can do it, gotta play, and I think yes, that that, that does come up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, I know I'm bleeding into the next minute, but
1: yeah, Tyler. (laughs) I don't. I don't know if you, you're probably aware. Tyler has not seen this movie, of so course, yeah. he's blind. Um, so each week is him uncovering the next minute of High School Musical.
2: Oh yeah, I, I
0: much do... much like an archaeologist with a little brush sanding off.
2: I don't think it's a ton, it's a ton of a spoiler to say that a line doesn't happen. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: The I I was focused more on the person in the front wearing pink with the hat cuz one it's another instance of a person wearing a hat which just does not happen there's something clearly wrong with this school but then also like she like flings skater dude forward and then pushes him she's very like physically interacting with skater dude number 1 which i thought was interesting to like have that dynamic of it Um, I was also thinking uh, for our teen examples, um, I think the best by far is, um, I'm going to go back to it, 10 Things I Hate About You, and their click delineation. They have some really good stoner characters that are obviously stoner characters.
2: Mm, I think they can probably go slightly further in 10 Things I Hate About You, because that's what, PG-13? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I think it's a 12 here, I've got a special edition that's rated 15, and I'm... Never watched the bonus feature, so I don't know why.
1: But yeah, no, it the instead of prop acting the way we've had with the last two, where the Brainiacs had their books and the af- athletes had the basketball that they were playing around with, the skater people have to just mimic skateboarding, which ultimately kind of looks like surfing a little. So if they weren't wearing those clothes, you could definitely like assume they were. They were surfers,
2: potentially. It's nice to have male and female skaters, though.
1: Absolutely.
2: Because it so easily could have just been males that they just oh, do yeah. that with casting. So it's quite nice. They don't bring attention to it or anything, and it's just like...
1: Yeah, and also, like I guess we haven't talked about this much like overall, but the diversity of the extras. Um, so there yeah. are people that have different skin colors and... Um, body types um, and that kind of stuff so it is kind of cool to even see that like it's not just one type of person Um,
2: so I'm out of of interest I'm assuming Tyler you haven't but did you watch the high school musical the musical the series
1: I haven't even seen it
2: I started it and I actually really enjoyed it but it was one of those where because you were having to wait every week like one, one of the weeks I think I must have just forgotten and fallen behind I started it ironically and as far as I remember I actually really enjoyed it so I'm going to have to pop back into it soon but it yeah, surprised me about- as to where it goes
1: <laughs> yeah we're talking about um that is kind of our hiatus kind of stuff in between mm. the
2: films because I, mean, I don't think it's a, it's a spoiler to say that Within High School Musical, the musical series, High School Musical exists as a film, which is quite weird. So they're like students who've seen the High School Musical film who are doing a production mm-hmm. of High School Musical, but their own lives parallels to the story of the film, which I think is yeah. quite a good and meta thing for Disney to do.
1: Yeah, they've had a few meta lines in this movie, too, that have been very fun to like this film stands out in a lot of ways um, as a decom, So hmm. it's a lot of fun. Were the other two cinematic, or were they all? Uh, the third one was. The ah. first two were television only.
0: I've never heard the word "cinematic" used as meaning was released in <laughs> cinemas. Although I guess that is like the perfect version of that word.
2: <laughs> I don't know whether it's a thing that people say. To be honest, I, I theatrical release. I, I think is still a term we use here. I don't know why I said cinematic, but
1: it might. <laughs> no, but I knew I exactly it. what you meant.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether that's the actual... T- so I'm not taking re- behalf of every British person that that's what we say. It no, could I'm, be. I'm
0: calling the dictionary and letting them know, okay.
2: <laughs> but, because um, I'm pretty sure when I got my short film age-rated, I'm pretty sure it was still considered theatrical release. Which, of course, was a lovely thing to do before lockdown, get it age-rated for, to show in cinema screenings, and then not be able to show it in cinema screenings. So I kind of <laughs> wish I'd got a digital release age-rating instead, because they're different things, apparently. And it costs not a ton of money to get it age-rated, but a ton of money for someone my age. It cost me about 50 or £60 to get it age-rated.
1: So do we want to move on to the dance break? Not a whole lot to talk about with that, but Mm. Corbin Blue gets another kind of spotlight of his dancing, which is really just like a (laughs) push-up. He does some core exercises, he does um, some sideways planks, and then he goes down for a push-up into kind of what it would be a burpee in some sense because he goes down to the push-up and then shoots himself straight up for a jumping jack kind of thing. Well, not a full jumping jack, but they're, they're, I like the athletic female that does the basketball roll over in between her arms. That one's fun too. And they, they are making the most out of
2: the different angles they can use as well. Like yeah, in having it, the sort of overhead bird's eye kind of view as well. It's nice.
1: Yeah, um, and... And like that's where you get to see Martha dancing with someone, and like the hypocrisy of Martha being like, "I like to dance," and then all of her brainiac friends being like, "No, no dancing." And then they dance. They dance.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a thing which bothered me as well in the um, in the school version we did. That there's one line I don't know if it's in the film where they, where someone says everything's going mental or something along the lines. of everything going mental in the cafeteria. People are all singing and dancing, and it's like, hold up. So how diegetic is the is the singing here. <laughs> and it's a one off line, but then later in the show there's a line about how they've never heard Troy sing, and it's like, what if all of the singing is supposedly diegetic, then they've heard him sing throughout the entire film and it's just oh, one One line that they I don't get why they put it there. Just bugs me. But the dance here feels What I like That's is really it's very three sixty. You know, there it's it's not just a sort of three walled studio kind of thing. Because I think they used an actual high school, didn't they, to film this in?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is a real high school in um Salt Lake City, Utah. So they are
2: making the most out of the fact that they've got a four walled space and they're they're Mm -hmm. filling it and you're getting angles everywhere. You very much feel like people are dancing and the camera's just getting in between them. Um which is which is good and you don't get that with that many musicals.
0: Well and even when they have the individual like single table like shots it always feels very small like and like there's not other people walking around because they're only filming this one table and then when they spread out now it feels really full and, and good so
2: yeah hmm. but even when they are doing the one table shot you can still see that there are some people in the background or on the balconies that are dancing which i think is a very sort of
0: worthwhile thing i was talking about like before when we were having like the individual rebels.
2: Oh yeah, with that, yeah.
0: Then, then it was kind of boxed in, but now it's all working.
2: So, Sharpe seems very bothered by all of this that we're still getting. I've never got why she cares so much. Why, how does this affect her?
1: She thrives in the fact that she can control her group. And ah, yeah, if other groups are breaking, could her group break? And thus, she loses her power.
0: But ultimately, the, the mob is reinforcing what she wants.
1: But if there are other cracks in it, how big of a crack could Gabriela and Troy? Like, Troy has a lot of power in the school. Like, if he's breaking, will everything else crumble soon after? Like, if there are lots of little cracks, maybe that's less concerning. But, like, Troy is a big crack.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Troy is a big crack.
2: Oh,
1: God. <laughs> um... The other I thing was, I really I
2: like—smirking at that and wondering whether anyone else was going to pick <laughs> up on
1: that. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to point out is I love skater number one's cello playing in the middle of this dance. Cello interlude. guitar <laughs> solo. Because I guess Tyler, this might be a question for you. Is that what a is that an electric cello sound?
0: nope (laughs) nope not at all it's just a guitar
1: (laughs) that's what i thought i was like this is just a guitar but they're pretending it's a cello this is brilliant
2: yeah i I like it and i didn't get to do that in my end production and i won't spoil it but it's very nice where the dance ends up to sort of close off at least in the stage version act one like the the way the dance ends i'm looking forward to hearing your reaction
0: to that Oh, oh boy i have something to look forward to then
2: I haven't got far enough into the show to actually know what your what your view on the film is. I'm sensing that you're not a fan, then.
0: Um, my view is that I like it, but it's like you know, it's just an okay movie. Like, mm. it's not great.
1: I think this dance break though is very Kenny Ortega, and like very. I think this scene in the similar to Get Your Head in the Game is very like quintessential Kenny Ortega. Like, this is what he does best: is these big dance numbers.
2: Um, just a completely random note about High School Musical and your show in general
1: was obviously as I said
2: I'm I'm up to like episode 10 so I haven't listened that far but when you were first going through the stuff that each of the cast had done I was surprised mm-hmm. that you hadn't mentioned 13 with uh, Vanessa Hudgens Was I... that did that come up at all later in the run?
1: <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I don't know what so... you're talking
2: about oh ah, okay maybe it's not as big a film as I thought it was it's a uh... Um, Evan Rachel Wood is the lead I think and it's just about this 13 year old girl who sort of rebels to a life of like crime I've only seen it once but I remember it being quite a good film um, and Vanessa Hudgens plays like her friend
1: came out in twenty or 2003 um, I, I just looked it up I've never heard of this
2: yeah it's hard to know
0: the stuff they did before High School Musical if it was mm. big or not
1: it's, it's a
2: good chance that this film wasn't a big deal I went through a phase um, because my most recent short film was about addiction I went through a phase of watching as many drugs movies as I could um, to sort of see how stuff was represented and how I could change the representation and so I may have only watched it because of that but um, I remember it being an enjoyable film and I'm pretty sure my parents enjoyed it as well but it's a it's a good film i think and i remember being quite surprised to be like huh it's gabriella <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was a bit of a tangent
1: <laughs> yeah i was looking it up it's a sundance film so it was a very independent film it was actually shot on like handheld cameras so mm. it was a very it, indie it takes film. a while
2: to get used to the handheld stuff
1: yeah and considering when it came out we would have both been too way too young to see it tyler probably mm. i was so. non-existent
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: so do we have anything else about the dance break or minute forty-two at large before we move to the decom? Don't think so. All right. So the decom of the week is for Stepsister from Planet Weird, which came out in two thousand. So, what are we thinking for Stepsister from Planet Weird?
2: Um, I'm sensing that I the, the the planet concept has got me in two minds there was a show here in britain called my parents are aliens and so i'm getting similar vibes to what that show could be um which was just very much these kids who were trying to live a normal life but they were raised by two aliens disguised as humans who adopted them and that was a a very funny show so i'm wondering whether it's something like that that some sort of alien who's disguised herself as a sister and she's trying to fit in in a modern high school but you know, gets into all sort of fun and quirks, but also it could just be a simple kids movie pretending to be a teen movie about a bad relationship between siblings. But I'm gonna go the the alien route.
1: No, it's probably definitely the alien route because Tyler's done a couple other alien, like Can of Worms, which had like an alien involved. And last week we did Xenon Girl from the 21st Century, which was also like it was a space movie. So I would definitely think it's an alien.
2: There was, one, there was one you talked about quite early on in, in the show um, one of the first ones you did was it the, either the Switch or the Swap the Body Swap one oh, that's yeah. not on Disney yeah. Plus in the UK and that annoyed um, me <laughs> interesting. because I'm, I'm assistant director <laughs> on an upcoming Body Swap movie and I've been binging through as many Body Swap films as I can find and I was I was really looking forward to the concept of there being a new one on Disney Plus for me to watch and it wasn't there <laughs> um, but the the one I'm AD on is Done More as a Drama and it's about a, a young black guy and an old white guy living in each other's lives and seeing how society views each other which I think is it's it's the potential to be something really strong and really powerful that the writer director is also playing on a lot of the body swap tropes and using um different scenes and stuff and it's I'm I'm really looking forward to it like when I when I, when I first was told that there's a black lives matter film being made in the UK admittedly well made locally admittedly the first thing i thought was oh no they're just jumping onto the you know the, the current news and trying to make a film there that once the director actually explained the premise it was kind of like really surprising sorry this wasn't even a body swap was it i tangented <laughs> Right.
1: yeah um so sister from the planet weird so do we think it's a disaffected teenage girl or teenage boy that's dealing with this younger sister i thought teenage girl
2: in my head
1: i i did too Mm. so i just wanted to make sure like we were so teenage girl trying to be Mm. popular maybe yeah
2: and she's got a stepsister who's I, i i'd say older stepsister or looks like an older stepsister who may also be an alien um and I, I quite, I, I, I'd watch this movie. Not going to lie, I'd, I'd happily sit down if they, if that's the plot of the movie. Um,
1: See, I was thinking a younger stepsister, like Ramona and Beesus style. Like you have the very hyper, smaller younger sis younger stepsister that you're like, I don't want to deal with you. Why are you so I, weird? I get that. I'm also thing.
2: thinking that it could possibly be a have have more. Moments for for humour within the film, assuming that with a title like that, it's a comedy. More moments of humour in the film if it's a younger person who's teaching the old person how to live and act normal. And once again, if this if this isn't the plot of the film, then I will write this down and, and write it myself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, is there any plot point? Like, what's the big dramatic Ooh. moment? What What's the climax of the movie? Like, what solidifies their relationship? Because by the end, they realize they're not so weird after all, and they're family, well, and that's what matters. Because one it's of a them's decom. probably
2: in love with someone. So a boy from their school, be it the alien or the or the or the girl, is is in love with someone, and there's probably probably culminates in a prom. That's how these movies tend to end.
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, good um, prom ending
2: and they probably learn to, to live with each other's differences as the human learns that she's learning stuff from her alien stepsister and vice versa. And they just learn to love each other and appreciate each other's lifestyle. And yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think just kind of, it, it's not an overly complicated movie, but it, it's wrapped up nicely mm. with a bow. And I'm
2: trying to figure out whether their parents and maybe know th- that the sister's an alien.
1: I mean, I think maybe she goes back to her alien planet. Like, she helps the uh, the sister, like, get along in life and, like, decides, like, you know what? Mm. I've done good here. Kind of a Mary Poppins-esque thing. Like, I've solved the problem. <laughs> there's, a, there's a
2: Canadian TV show, which we had here in the UK, and I don't know if it aired there, called Wing in it. It's about this teenager teenagers. Know. I love this show, and I recently actually bought the DVD <laughs> and started watching through it again. And it was about this teenager in high school who wasn't very popular. And this guardian angel, who's an angel in training, who only gets his wings if he makes this teenager become the most popular kid in his school. And it's a really (laughs) funny show because there's a whole thing about like angel magic and there's a couple of other angels in the school who sort of help him out. But he's got to turn this unpopular kid into the most popular kid. And over the course of the series, it's really funny. He uses different magic. At one point, there's one where there's a, a kiss enchantment that the next person he sees will um the, ne- the next person who sees him i think or he sees oh no i got it sorry uh, he, he he can't doesn't have the courage to kiss the girl he likes and the next so it makes it so the next person he sees assuming it was her will will want to kiss him but then um if someone else does and there ends up being this kiss enchantment that goes around the entire school where everyone's kissing everyone until eventually two people who love each <laughs> other kiss and then the enchantment ends it's a very it's a lot of sort of silly one-off episodes like that there's a body swap episode of it actually where magic goes wrong and they end up all swapping each other's bodies it's a it's a solid show that if you can find it anywhere, I think it's genuinely a good piece of entertainment and it's a shame that it seems to be so hard to come by because it were three seasons. And season one exists on DVD. Season two, part one exists on DVD, and then part two and season three I can't find anywhere. Like I've I've emailed the company yeah. who make the show, being like, where can I find this? Because I don't want to try and stream it illegally. Because especially mm-hmm. as someone wanting to get into the film industry, if I can give money, like ten fifteen pounds, to the people who've made it, rather than just find it on vimeo or daily motion or whatever then that's obviously better i've got annoyed at teachers before when we were like um studying a different a play or a book and they find the complete film on like youtube or daily motion or whatever and they're like let's watch the film version and it's like can you not just buy the dvd but i think (laughs) they might they might still have the dvd in the in the school and it was just easier but that that's that's the level of annoyance i get and i can't remember where my point started but yeah i think we i think we nailed
0: that pretty well Hey guys, it's Tyler from the editing room again. I'm popping in to tell you the real plot of the film Stepsister from Planet Weird from the year 2000, starring Courtney Draper, who was also in the film The DECOM, The 13th Year as Sam, and also plays Elizabeth in the video game Bioshock Infinite. Any gamers out there, that one's for you. Film also stars Tamara Hope, and I found this one interesting, Lance Guest of The Last Starfighter, the classic... 80s film that was a little bit of a star wars ripoff but has its own kind of fan base as like a classic sci-fi movie from back then okay so plot of the movie megan larson is a 16 year old girl she has a classic you know divorced parents annoying brother crushing the cute boy who in this movie is named cutter um and weirdly you know she wants her parents to get back together but her mom actually falls in love with this guy named cosmo cola which is an obvious alien name if I ever heard one, and his daughter is Ariel. So his daughter his daughter is obviously the titular stepsister, um, and she is weird, obviously, especially to Megan, but everyone seems to like Ariel, which kind of really trips Megan up. Like, the, the boy she has a crush on kind of likes Ariel because, you know, even if she's weird, she's, like, different and unique, but Megan and Ariel both don't want their parents to date so they team up to try to get the parents to break up. And along the way, you know, they're, they're working together, but they also don't really like each other. Turns out that Megan finds out that Ariel and her father are from the planet Zircalon, where everyone is a bubble. Ariel, for example, is afraid of the wind. And that the, the logic for that is that she is usually a bubble. And they're actually refugees from planet Zircalon, escaping the evil emperor who was, you know committing genocide of some sort, and so the evil emperor and his son, who is Ariel's love interest from her before life, come to Earth. Um, Luckily, um, our main characters are able to defeat the evil emperor with leaf blowers and hair dryers, and Megan actually ends up dating the evil emperor's son, while Ariel ends up dating the cute boy Cutter, and of course, Megan and Ariel become friends, and it's a big happy ending. So I would have to say, yeah, you guys were pretty close with most of your things, especially with the, the kind of cute boy crush thing. It's a pretty straightforward movie, as decoms go, you know. In this way, they're very easy to predict.
1: I mean, we got a lot of the main points. Yeah, definitely. It's
0: a pretty basic plot.
1: Yeah. So I guess we'll wrap up here. Um, so Luke, thank you so much for being on these two minutes. It was really fun to have you. You want to share with people, do your little plugs and share how people can find you online
2: yeah sure so the main thing that will be happening pretty soon is we'll be wrapping up two minutes about time that will wrap up about a month from now I think Um, uh, so that's um, looking at the Richard Curtis romantic comedy about time two minutes per episode that's me and Robert E.G. Black and that's with a whole blend of guests from people like podcasters to film directors to um the guy who played big keith in the uk office he came on for three episodes to people like Darren brown uh, illusionist um so it's a whole load of different stuff talking about their love or hate for the richard curtis romcom about time and that's on all good platforms and facebook twitter and instagram at 2 mins about time we've got a really really exciting um the entire last week of the show Like, after we've covered the film, we've got an extra bonus week with some bonus episodes. And there's some really exciting stuff taking place there. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, Outside of that, another Richard Curtis rom-com, actually, is a show that I've got. The pilot will come out about a month from now, and then the actual show will be about two months from now. Myself and a friend, Lara Collier, we're looking at another Richard Curtis film, Love Actually. And we're breaking that up a day at a time. Um, in a similar vein to what was done with um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation that Sean German and his team did and we're just cutting it up into the days leading up to Christmas that Love Actually takes place in and uh, yeah that's that, everything else I do Twitter, Llama underscore bottle zero Instagram, the Ginger Luke Facebook, Luke Allen Film and everything else is at uk. Awesome,
1: thank you and people can find us on the internet, on the Twitter, at Amateur Nerds.
0: Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, at T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y.
1: You can send us an email at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Art on Instagram.
0: And special thanks to our musician, Joe Winslow, my good friend, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. And with that, I just want to say we hope to see you next time for another fantastic episode of Wildcat Minute. I've been Tyler.
1: I've been Condra.
0: And I've been Luke. And did I accidentally just do a little bit of our Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute outro instead of our Wildcat Minute outro? You can bet on it.